Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back, everyone, to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. Today, I have none other than Shannon Taylor, who's had his gastric sleeve on the 19th of April in 2018. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you, It's a pleasure to be here. That's good to have you here. Thank you. On this <laughs> sunny Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it's not That's often it. we pull up a podcast on a weekend. So thanks for putting aside the time as well. No, of um, course. Yeah. So I, today, I just wanted to basically explore your story i think with um most uh individuals in our weight loss surgery community would perhaps have seen your story so far um and we follow it quite closely just watching how inspirational it is can you tell us a little bit about um what led you to have the weight loss surgery in the first place well, I'm a repeat offender when it comes to losing weight. Like in the past, I've lost 50 kilos five times naturally. Um, and I got to a point with my GP where I'd actually just you know, lost all motivation to actually try naturally again, um, because obviously regaining that many times really takes an effect. Uh, so me, I had to go, I went to the weight loss surgery side of things. And once I sat down with my surgeon, you know, he, he ticked all the boxes and I knew it was an avenue I needed to go down. Right. And what did that feel like to make that decision? Was it um, something that was exciting or was finally at the end of the road, you've found another pathway? How did it feel when you were staring that in the face? Like, it, I can't imagine that um, moment for you. Yeah, it was, I was, it was a really hard one because it was, for me, it was the last option. It was kind of like, there was nothing after this. You know, I went down this avenue just saying, yeah, this is my last shot. Um, so it was, it was quite nerve wracking to a degree because it was, um, you know, I, I did put a lot of emphasis on making this one successful. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't an easy decision to make. Let's just say that much. I can imagine. And I think I might just clarify that too, because I think there is an understanding if you, if you haven't experienced it firsthand or you don't know anyone who's been through the kind of weight loss surgery experience themselves. I think there can be a stigma around that, um, you know, it's the easy way out. And mm. I think when you explore what else needs to take place to, um, achieve that long-term success after surgery, would you say it's the easy way out? Uh, no, <laughs> I think it's something that we do here quite often. And I can see why people perceive it that way, but it's one of those things at the start. Yes, it's a great tool that assists you, um, you know, in the right direction. Um, but it's once you get to a certain point, it, is definitely a tool um, and it, and the things that you've implemented over, you know, the first year or so um, do come into play to help to assist you, um, mm. you know, to continue because yeah, it's a great tool um, and it will assist you. Um, but that's in what you, how you need to approach it because if you don't implement the right strategies, um, you know, it's not going to be a tool that does it forever. Yeah, correct. And I think that's the part that's not the easy way out is that it's pretty much turning life upside down in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, especially when it comes to the food addictions and stuff like that. You know, it's um, you're really forced to face those demons, um, and you know, um, face them head on because you know you don't have those. You know, for me, alcohol and food were always a big thing, and I didn't. And obviously, early on when I went through a few things, I um, couldn't turn to them because you know you didn't have that option. Correct. And just if you don't mind me asking, what did you do in those times where you, you know, normally you would turn to food or to having a drink or escaping in some way and suddenly you've got this life changing event, you know, and it's, it's um, certainly setting up 
the need for new habits and that sort of stuff. What was your mm. first, like the first time you came up against that, I need a drink or I need to eat. How did you manage? Well, I've talked about this before and it comes down to like, everyone's addicted to something, you know, mm. for me, it was food. I was addicted to food. Um, you know, I've, I've transferred my addiction now to accomplishment and it's always started like, you know, um, it was walking, you know, and then, it, and now these days, if I have a tough day, I'm more likely to put in music and go for a run than I am to sit down and have a drink. Um, yeah. you know, for me, it gives me the same feeling. It gives me the same, you know, I, I can go for a run now and, um, process things. And then it kind of gives me a fresh perspective on things. That's a great way. And it's great. You've acknowledged where you're channeling that energy to. Do you feel that you can maintain balance if you're transferring that, you know, the need into something else? Does it still feel like you can maintain balance as well? Yeah, like uh, balance is like... Yeah, it'd be one of those things. So you obviously don't want to go overboard with anything. You know, anything, any too much of anything is going to, you know, not be good for you. Um, so, you know, it's about obviously acknowledging if, you, if you're feeling guilty because you haven't gone for a run or something like that, clearly the addiction might have gone too far, especially mm. if you're guilt tripping yourself. Um, but, you know, as long as you maintain a healthy amount of... Um, you know, acknowledgement towards it. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to go overboard because yeah, you can definitely transfer the addiction and go overboard with something else. Um, yeah. And then that becomes the issue. So yeah, you do have to monitor it and just obviously make sure. Check. Yeah. 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 Very and much. And I do so. see that in some of the calls I take from patients at BN Multi is it's almost like the pendulum swings in the complete opposite direction mm. though. Such disordered eating over drinking, no exercising, that kind of lifestyle. And the next thing I see, you know, I'd like to experience a vegan diet or it's just a really another extreme approach to food. And sometimes I'll just not gently ask that question of what's behind that. Is it now this newfound feeling of, you know, health and fitness and wanting to really tweak that or is it another transference of something that's, um, yeah, can fall out of balance. So thanks for sharing that kind of when opening that up um, so that it's um, something to watch for, mm, for yeah, others, that's, I think. That, people can de de definitely uh, develop eating disorders, you know, getting addicted to the scales moving. Um, and yeah. that's one thing, you know, not to focus so much on the scales. Like, yes, use it as a guide and something that validates your success, but um, don't use it as your everything, you know, because yeah. you will get addicted to that number dropping and then, you know, you end up going the opposite way. Yeah, correct. And I think it's very fast at first, but if you're then increasing exercise, muscle levels, that sort mm. of thing, and the scales stop moving in the direction that you're looking for, it can be frustrating, even though you could look in the mirror and see that you're getting results. So I think we really have to, again, like look at the person in front of us and um, make our, you know, assumptions that way as well. Yeah. Thank you. So, I mean, what in this kind of head game, people talk about the head game of weight loss surgery. What have you explored to gain the most insight into cracking the code when it comes to that head game? Uh, yeah, mine would be just experiences. So like trying new things and seeing how, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of things I ruled out when I tried it the first time, I've tried again since. And, you know, I have found that it's, you know, offered me some kind of, um, you know, mental freedom or, you know, some kind of tool that I can use. Mm. Um, so I think it's more like experiencing things and just, I think for me, the biggest thing is just admitting that you don't know a lot. Um, like for me, it's like, I clearly wasn't professor of nutrition and stuff like that <laughs> because, you know, I wouldn't have got to 175 kilos if I did it, if I was a, you know, nutritional expert. Um, so for me, I had to really just put the ego aside and say, you know what, I do need to learn. And um, mm. by experiencing things and, you know, opening your mind to actually accepting the advice from others, um, you know, it, it really helps, you know, yeah. form better habits. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so um, do you have a team behind you who helps you to understand this new way of life that you've adapted to? So I sat down with obviously nutritionists and psychologists at the start and it definitely offers some great tools. But at the moment, you know, I still deal very directly with my surgeon and his team. Um, and I also have my friends and um who are a lot of weight loss people within the weight loss community. And, you know, between us, we kind of usually come to a pretty good conclusion of, you know, if we're struggling with someone, we can usually run it by each other and we, we can kind of usually find a good result from that. Yeah, that's good. And I think it's, yeah, great to have that kind of team feel too and a community, which you've certainly um, been a huge contributor to um, establishing community and also, you know, establishing a new community for yourself and somewhere to, to belong mm. and um, feel safe, I suppose, to share those kind of challenges. So I think that's a huge um, component of it is kind of being open as well as, um, like you say, eating a little humble pie. Yeah, um, (laughs) Yeah. as hard as it may be sometimes, you do definitely have to do it. We all get stuck in our own ways. So Mm. has the goal for you always been the same throughout the whole, from the beginning to now, has the goal been the same or has things changed for you? No, the goalposts are constantly moving. Um, I I kind of did a post about this the other day where I talked about um, how originally my goalposts were like tying my shoes without holding my breath. You know, the goalposts were very close. And this is what I talk about with my hards all the time. You know, my hards might have changed over time, but it still doesn't mean I, I don't appreciate my hard, what my hard was once upon a time. So, you know, like, yes once upon a time it was tying my shoes out holding my breath and now it's you know running a marathon or you know whatever the, the task may be it doesn't mean it's any less important um so it's just a constant you know moving the goalposts chasing yeah. a new goal and constantly working towards something that isn't just the scales correct and that's a huge and i think too when you take your focus off the scales and into life you know incidentally that generally falls into place a lot of the time if you're out experiencing new things and mm. living and taking on that um, healthy lifestyle how did you get involved in the fitness work that you're doing what was the start of it for you oh okay what was the start <laughs> for me well I, I literally stumbled across park on one day yeah i was just walking across it i didn't even realize i was across the road from my house and i kind of was like what well, i was kind of like what are all these crazy people doing like why are they all running around um and then i saw the park run sign and that was honestly you know, I'd been doing gym stuff before that, but um, seeing the park run and getting involved in park run was definitely the, you know, the start for me, the spark. Yeah. And so did you run the first time? How did you go? No, I run walked. So I couldn't yeah. run the 5k when the first time I did it, I had been at the gym doing like, you know, a K um, I got up to like a K at the gym. And even on my first park run, when I did a story, I was like, I don't run 5k, but I'll give it my best go. Yeah. Um, I went out there and yeah, it wasn't the fastest time. It was no Usain Bolt, but um, I definitely <laughs> um, was proud of myself when I finished because, you know, me physically, I remember trying to do a park run in the past with, you know, my ex and stuff. And we tried to walk a 5k track and I literally ended up chafing and shin yeah. splints and stuff like that. So, be able able to do the 5Ks, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like loving this. And I think we underestimate what the human body is capable of in a lot of ways, you know, given the right platform. Um, We're pretty adaptive and um, it's incredible to see. So, So your first park run was run walk. What are you doing now? What's your timing like? Oh, like it's, uh, my fastest is like 19 minutes for 5Ks. So it's, it's pretty like, you know, it's efficient. Um, and it's like, it's something I've worked really hard at. And that's one thing I try to put across to people. It didn't just happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like I've been running for like a year and a half now, probably four or five times a week. Um, you know, I, I've been very committed to it because it's something I really enjoy. And I enjoy that, you know, bettering myself and and getting that sense of accomplishment from, um, you know, doing it a little bit faster or doing the best I've ever done. And that for me has been a big driving factor. Um, 
regularity, I think, is the consistency and regularity is key. It doesn't have to be that you're running a marathon every day. Like you said, you might walk the park run, Mm. you know, and feel exhausted at the end of it. But if you turn up again next week, it's incredible how quickly things change. So, Mm. and it's not always going to be, it's not always going to be easy. And that's one thing I try and put across to people is like, it's, 90% 90% of the time, because I do love it, I, mm. I, do, I have no problem getting out there and doing it. But it's the 10% days, you know, the days that I can't be bothered. I, I still have those, the days where I'm like, oh, I really can't be bothered today. I still do it anyway, because I know winning that mental hurdle is, you know, progress. Um, yeah. It may not be the fastest run I've ever done, but being able to get out there and do it. And, you know, usually I get back and I'm like, oh, I feel a sense of accomplishment because that was something I was trying to make excuses and yeah. I didn't listen to my excuses, which was, you know, there's nothing stopping me. It was no. just literally my mind trying to win the battle of, um, you know, that, uh, what is it? The path of least resistance. Yes. <laughs> I think the hardest part is getting there often. And I do it myself. I think I don't really want to go to the gym. And then sometimes those days where I've actually really had to mentally get myself there, they're the days where, you know, it's like I've got myself this far and, um, quite often they're my, you know, best days in the gym because I've dragged myself there. It's like, well, I might as well do Mm. something with it now. So I think, um, yeah, a big part of it is just whatever's going on, just get up and go and see what happens. Yeah, no, it is. It's just, just, um, winning those mental battles. They're they're, they're the big ones. You can win those because, you know, the mind, the body achieves what mind believes, you know what I mean? So if you can get your mind in a stronger position, it's going to less likely find those excuses and more likely to find the reasons to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And so as far as you're, um, you're looking at um, education and, and talking about, you know, changing things and learning new things, um, what do you see? Where do you get your kind of information from? Oh, all parts. Like I, I have a firm believing, like I believe that everyone has a lesson to be taught. Um, you know, it, whether someone's a month out or six months out, like I do definitely look within the community, like the weight loss community to kind of learn from other people's experiences Um, because I do think as a vast, like I do obviously read a lot and listen to podcasts and listen to audio books and stuff like that because I do, I'm definitely more of a learner towards the mental side, like the mental strength side of things. Um, So if I can utilize tools that are there or utilize people's experiences to better understand myself, Mm. um, that's a big thing for me. That's great. And is there one standout for you, something that you walked away from and thought that's just really changed the way I think about things or really added value to what I'm trying to achieve here. So something that springs to mind. Yeah. Well, like, I think it's, I'd have to tell you a person. Um, there was a person that is on Instagram and, um, he's, 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 um, you know, he's got cancer and he's not going to, you know, he's, uh, you know, he will not come back from it, but Mm. just seeing how he really, his mindset towards it. Like the other day he did a story where he was talking about, um, he's excited to have a, you know, there's a, a cure or not a cure, but like a, a procedure that hasn't been done before and anyone and the way he got excited about it. Cause he's like, that to me is uncharted territory. And, you know, mm. because it's like one of those things, if someone in that situation can find the positive or the silver lining, um, yeah. it puts into perspective your own experiences. Um, because you know, it, I used to get disheartened when the scales didn't move and there's a guy over here who literally is going to the gym every day and turning himself into an absolute machine just to have another day with his family. And I think yeah. for me, that's a huge thing. Um, and it really puts things in perspective. Yeah, it's a definitely a level. I always find that that our reality is always, you know, there's always someone who's got that depth of understanding of what it means to have limited time on the earth. And mm. I think when you can glean something from that, it's um, it certainly changes what we worry about and the things that we kind of put off and 
um, mm. yeah, perhaps um, helps us to think in a different way. And prioritise your, uh, you know, your energy towards certain things, mm. you know, because a lot of times we'll dwell over things that can't be changed or we dwell over things that we don't have rather than appreciating the things we do have. Yeah, correct. And all these little tidbits that you're giving us throughout the session today, I'll pop them in the podcast in the show notes in the, on the website mm. so that if anybody's interested in having a look around, um, yeah, sure. They can explore your um, platform as well. And so, what's your plan moving forward? <laughs> what's my plan moving <laughs> forward? Uh, I don't know. Whatever crazy antics I can think of. Um, you know, obviously, I've got the ride later on in the year. I wish. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so that's um, that's an exciting times. But for me, I don't know. It's just I'm I'm enjoying the process of discovering myself. Um, it's mm. something I never really did earlier on in life. Um, you know, I was very stuck in the, you know, a certain path, you know, society expects us to do a certain thing. And that's, that's what I was, you know, that's what I did, you know, and I got to a point in my life where I was like, wow, you know, I don't really know much about myself. So I'm really <laughs> enjoying the process of just understanding myself and enjoying the things I can do. And, you know, just really just chasing that, you know, that self-discovery really. Mm. And tell me about this ride. I know a little bit about it. <laughs> it's a fairly huge undertaking. Where are you mm. headed? Mm. <laughs> Where am I headed? Um, yes. Just on a little voyage. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, um, I'll be riding just uh, um, just under 6,000 kilometres. So uh, leaving the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, where I'm from, and riding down the east coast of Australia. Uh, if the borders are open, I'll be travelling through Victoria, uh, across to Adelaide, up Port Augusta, down to Port... Uh, or one down the bottom. I forgot what that one's called. I always get it. There's Port down the bottom. Oh, um, yeah. Lincoln, I think it is. Port Augusta, yes. Port Lincoln. That's it. And then back up around the the south of WA across to Bustleton where I'll be taking part in a half Ironman over there. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, pretty crazy. But, you know, for me, it, it's definitely not going to be easy, but I do want to test myself. And I, I honestly, it, it sounds a bit, you know, I have talked to people about it before. I want to get to a point where I feel like I can't go on anymore. Like for me, it's like, I yeah. do want to, you know, face those demons and I do want to test myself. Um, and also I'm trying to highlight to people that, you know, yes, my heart has changed, but it, you know, my heart, what it is, you know, obviously riding across Australia yeah. compared to, you know, someone walking around the block, it's equivalent. You know what I mean? You just got to get out there and push your heart. Just, yeah. you know, each, each day, just push that hard no matter what it is. Challenge yourself every day. And so what's the motivation behind this incredible undertaking? Yeah, well, it's clearly obviously just to highlight to people, you know, what is possible, um, mm. especially coming from my background and stuff like that. I just want to obviously try and help inspire or, you know, be that spark, you know, to light someone's fire but also obviously because we want to we are hoping to start a non-for-profit where we can help um deal with the mental health side of things especially when it yeah. comes to obesity um you know because it has been a massive part of my my journey um the mental health side of things and um i think there isn't enough emphasis really put on it um there is obviously psychologists and stuff like that but you know from my experiences uh sitting down with psychologists and stuff like that i you know wasn't willing you know being a guy having an ego, I wasn't willing to take on a lot of those tools where I found sitting down with people who were within the community, um, I was more likely to open up or understand or put the, break down those walls, you know, and be willing to take information on board. So, yeah, we're looking yeah, to- learning from each other and someone who's been there, I suppose, too. Mm. Sometimes that's the best, you know, medicine in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so is there a team supporting you? How are you 
managing all of this? How many Ks were you right? <laughs> so it's about 46 days and it would be a minimum of about hundred kilometers a day. Um, so it ranges anywhere from 106 to 160 Ks in a day. Um, and I am by myself until I get to Adelaide. Um, and then in Adelaide, my mum will be meeting because obviously across the Nullarbor, across the desert, uh, I do obviously want to have a support vehicle because if you get hit out there or you have an accident out there, there's not many people around. So um, I think, you know, it's just to be safe. Um, yeah. I'll have her across the Nullarbor and across WA. I'm sure um, and obviously, have your best interest at heart. You've chosen the right support team there. <laughs> yeah, and plus for me, I really do want mum to experience it as well. You know, she hasn't been one that's travelled a lot and, you know, she's always been that my my head cheerleader, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I, just having her support there will mean not just the world to me and to her and I know mm. she'll really enjoy being there with me. Oh, that's great. Sounds like you've got your feet firmly planted on the ground and I wish you all the best with that. And so, yeah, I see you testing your limits and really kind of um, head down bottom up as they would mm. say so mm. this is a huge effort and you're leaving when in october october 3rd is the current planned date um yeah. you know depending if borders close it might push out a little bit because obviously if victoria isn't open um that'll you know save me a few days of riding um but fingers crossed i get to go through all the capital cities because i i do want to encourage people to get out there and you know if they can ride a k with me ride a mm. k with me um i don't want it to just be a journey for me i want it to be a journey for people to actually get out there and you know be part of it you know yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And how will they track how will people get involved with where you are and where they could join you along the way yeah, so I'll have a. I'll obviously be doing a lot of uh, updating through my social medias and stuff like that. But I will actually have a chip on me, uh, like it's like a little device that will have a link, so yeah. people can actually just click the link and they can see at any time where that device is, which should hopefully be on me. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, unless I drop it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then they can obviously just be like, Oh, okay. You know, it looks like he's going to be coming through this time, whatever, you know, meet up halfway or wherever it is yeah. or meet up and jump on for a K, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, someone riding a kilometer is equivalent to me riding across Australia, you know, it's, it's, yeah, and it's absolutely. just getting out there and being part of it. And, you know, if I can encourage one person throughout the trip, is I know how much it can actually influence them going yeah, forward. Someone's life. Yeah. That's the lovely thing about you is how community minded you are during mm. the COVID period where park run wasn't running, obviously due to the restrictions, mm. you were quite instrumental in the 5k your way. Mm. Um, and that's still the 5k doing that once a week. Uh, is that still functioning now? Is it still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's at the pointy end. It's about to get exciting. Um, you know, we've obviously been trying to get certain tools in place because for me it was, um, it's not just something that's replacing park run or, you know, while park run's not around for me, I want it to be a tool for the community because I found with park run, you know, it's a very, when you hear park run, people are very like, Oh, but I can't run, you know? Right. Um, so for this tool, it's almost like an introduction to that, you know, people can get out there and still be part of the running community, um, you know, um, and, and work towards milestones um, all while, you know, being part of it, you know, they're having a leaderboard and watching their progress and being inspired each week by their own accomplishments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, it was, I just, I didn't, I saw a lot of people seeing park runs stop um, and people being like, oh, you know, well, what now, you know, and I didn't, yeah. 
Yeah, because we worked really hard. There was a lot of people, obviously, with Parkrun. I was quite a you know vocal about Parkrun. I did get a lot of people out there to experience it and you know give it a go. Um, and then obviously with it stopping, I was seeing them all kind of dwindle off. And for mm. me, I was like, no, we need to keep this going. You know, it was Fill a good in that thing. Gap, yeah, yeah, and and people have really got on board it, which has been amazing. Um, and with the website, obviously, hopefully coming up in the next couple of days, it should be up. Um, and we've got a few other exciting things to come. Hopefully, mm. it can just spark a few few more people to just give it a try. You know, at the end of the day, you don't. Just, not running you can go no. walk it um and to be part of it 5k you need to complete over a 48 hour period is that? Mm. Yeah, yeah so it's just five 5k in one hour. it could be literally walk to the coffee shop grab a coffee and then walk home you know what i mean as long as it's 5k that. yeah that's it it's just about getting people out there moving um it's just you know because at the end of the day, I know it's 80% food, 20% exercise towards Correct. weight loss, but that 20% definitely influences the 80% more than people realize mm. um, because you're more likely to make better decisions when it comes to the 80%. If you know, I if you worked hard it. for it, yeah. So I, I found my personal experiences, it's like, you know, I'm more likely to have that naughty food if I've worked hard that morning or, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more likely to make it. It's not like you can't have the, the naughty food at the end of the day, it's, you know, still anything in moderation, but yeah. you're more likely to look at it a little bit differently. I think it just establishes that um, flow on effect. I think everything that um, I get out of exercise, I come back and I think, well, I've made that right decision from the very beginning today. So mm. it kind of just spills over, which is um, I've noticed in that kind of COVID period where the gym was closed and I really walked my dogs and I walked them a lot, but <laughs> it's just not the same as that extra, you know, um, when they talk about runners high, I think mm. there's something that comes from that little bit of extra effort that you put in. And, and I've really, and for mental health, I think that's been really quite evident. Um, yeah. Well, like it, like even with, um, you know, the sense of accomplishment, it's the yeah. same as like, you know, um, you, you release the same endorphins as like jumping out of an airplane, you know, that, that, yeah. um, you know, you're releasing, oh, I forgot what it's called now, but like you release that chemical within your brain. So it's like, it's almost like a high and yeah, it is a runner's yeah. high, you know what I mean? Yeah. And me, I thrive off that. I love that feeling. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, everyone can get out there and if they are the best version of themselves today, there's something about that that, you know, really gives you a satisfaction about being out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we can totally surprise ourselves too when, you know, I went back thinking, oh, just this is going to hurt and it's going to be hard. Mm. And it's never as, it doesn't ever hurt or it's never as hard as I ever painted the picture in my mind. So it's, um, yeah, just overcoming those mental hurdles, like we said earlier. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, and for someone starting out or considering weight loss surgery, what would be your like biggest piece of advice you could offer? Ah, oh, it's got to be the treat it like a tool. You know, mm. don't go into this this thinking that the tool is going to do all the work. You know, that's it's not going to. Um, you know, it might at the start, it might for the first year, but it's things that you implement while you have that mental freedom. And um, I kind of talked about this today, you know, um, there is a social standard of um, a size, you know, when you're a bit bigger and stuff like that, obviously you do feel a lot of social pressure from the outside, um, from mm -hmm. people's opinions of you and stuff like that. So losing that weight as you obviously become more socially accepted as much as I hate that's a thing, yeah. um, you know, there is that mental freedom to implement other things and, and focus towards other things. So um, it'd be more just implement strategies in that first year. That first year is very important, not for the weight loss. Um, as much as people think, you know, I, I've got to lose all my weight in that first year because that first year matters for my weight loss. It's not so much the case, you know, like I've lost a lot, large portion of the weight after that year, purely because of the things I implemented in that first year. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's not so much about, you know, the weight and dropping the weight because, mm. you know, there is 
proper ways to lose weight. And sometimes if you work harder to lose the weight, you know, it, it's more successful. Um, you know, it's not about just dropping into the first couple of weeks, you know, and trying to do whatever it takes to lose the weight. Um, yeah, you're right. I talk about the first year as being a bit of a honeymoon. And I think I spoke mm. this with Meryl, who was in the podcast last week, about first year people can see quick results and know that they're losing weight. And it, it is, it's not effortless, but it's without effort like it mm. used to be before the surgery. But that's the time to really look at how am I going to manage my portions? How, what am I going to eat? Education on, you know, what sources of protein do I need at every single meal? Because that first year, is really that it's a whole new learning again, isn't it? Oh, it is. And you've got to take that time too, because obviously we don't have having that freedom from, you know, the addiction of food, because obviously you've got to deal with that in that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a little bit more mental freedom to, you know, to utilize it towards education and educating yourself and understanding food and understanding nutrition and understanding how certain foods work within your body um, mm-hmm. is, is a key ingredient because, you know, that's something I never put focus on before this surgery. And then having that little bit extra time and then, you know, getting out there and being active and being like, Oh, I want to feel better. I want to feel, you know, and then I start looking into foods and what certain mm-hmm. foods do to your body and stuff like that. And it's a massive part of like, now I look at food differently, where I used to just look at food for a taste. Now I look at it for, how's that going to make me feel? What's it going to do for me? And I think too, it's bang for your buck. Now there's not much room, isn't it? What can I put in that's going to satisfy me and meet my needs if I'm out running a marathon or walking around the block? It still needs um, good uh, source of fuel, doesn't it? Yeah, there was a thing the other day that you said, and it was precious real estate. And I love that. It was in one of your oh, yeah. podcasts the other days. And I was like, yeah, I like that because yeah. it's very true. You know what I mean? It's like you, you're looking at it differently because it's not that volume. You can't put that volume in. You're looking at it and going, oh, you know what? I don't need those chips. I'd rather have that because it you know, makes me feel, you know, it's going to give me more energy and I'm not going to feel bleh after. Yeah. And um, what I can yeah. hear is that you're listening. And that's also a huge component is finally um, having that insight into what's my body doing? What's the response? What did I eat? How do I feel? Mm. Um, and learning to listen to yourself, um, and be patient, I think is another key. Yeah. And listen to others. Like, and that's one thing I've been kind of working on lately a lot is I re- didn't realize how much of the ego implement into your life. So like for me, I, you know, I didn't realize I had such an ego, but you know, me not listening to people, like there's a difference between listening and then listening. Um, like, you know, if you're listening to actually learn rather than listening just to listen, there's a big difference. You know, a lot of my life I spent listening, but not actually like taking it on board. Um, and for me, that was purely because, you know, I know better, I know better you know, when clearly I don't. So, you know, and listening to people who are more educated or have gone through certain experiences, not saying you should take on everyone's advice, but you just got to be open to learning and like understanding. And that for me is like, I listen to podcasts a lot, not, you know, for the educational, like understanding it from, you know, especially the nutritionist you had on the other day, that was amazing. That was a great mm. podcast because she said a lot of things. That I was like, wow, yeah, it's a really good way to put, look at it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very important to just, you know, Take that information in. <laughs> yes. And then I think apply, take the bits that work. And I think a lot of people go, no, that piece of information didn't work for me. But, you know, the other three pieces that were offered may have. So not shutting down once there's something that's not relevant is just mm. learning to let that one wash over you if it's not for you. And, um, yeah, keep on listening. Um, Meryl, which Meryl Bond, who was in the podcast you're referring to, um, I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, it's an excellent, um, frank and hugely um, experienced uh, commentary on health and uh, diet after weight loss surgery. And um, 
yeah, I think I'll see if I can pop Meryl. She's been doing that for like 30 years. So um, mm. I think she's seen it all really. And um, I think she relayed that in a, you know, very um, discerning and educated way. So it's um, something to listen back to. So Definitely. Shannon, I think we're running out of time here. But yeah. Sit and talk to you for hours. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, is, there, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to add before we go? No, not really. Like, I think it's just one of those things. Just uh, I always enforce it to people just, um, you know, enjoy the process. Mm. Um, don't be in a rush. I think, again, it's something you said the other day that I've say multiple times. At the end of the day, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, I think you said marathon, not a race. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I use the word, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, yeah. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the transformation. Enjoy the self-discovery. I think it's really important um, to not just look at it as a weight loss journey. Look at it as, you know, recrafting yourself. You know, enjoy right. the process. Yeah, I think that's really lovely, recrafting. And it can happen at any time during your life. You don't have to be young. You know, a lot of people think, no. oh, am I too old? I hear that a lot. Am I too old for this? And it's like, are you too old to start living? Are you too mm. old to, you know, start enjoying life? No one's ever no. too old for that. And um, I think that's kind of the key is um, you can teach an old dog new tricks. You just have mm. to be a, a dog who's willing to listen. Looking forward to my dog being one of those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to find myself one of those too because mine definitely yes. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, in the show notes will be all the links to Shannon Taylor's journey around Australia and uh, also the links to the 5K Your Way if you'd like to get involved with um, 5K at your own pace and then uh, just having a look at what's possible. So mm -hmm. Shannon Taylor, thank you once again. No, thank you very much, Jackie Lewis. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's been great to have you here. <laughs> we'll see you in the group next week too. Thanks, awesome. Shannon. Thanks, Jackie. Thank Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.